Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I believe there's a rhythm and art in everything that we do. This is my journey about how I went from being a hip hop dancing engineer to a multifamily real estate investor. If you want to learn more about how you can start investing in real estate, stay tuned to learn from multifamily real estate investors and hear how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Kuhn. I am on the journey to go from hip-hop dancing engineer turned multifamily real estate investor. And this is the show where I interview multifamily real estate investors and discuss how they found their rhythm and created their own sound investments. Now, for today's guest, we are bringing back the powerhouse Michael Mike Morawski. If you want to hear about his story, you most definitely need to hear his story it's extremely inspirational. And just to see what he's doing now is, is absolutely amazing. And this episode is actually is not going to be the episode you're going to be listening to because this episode is going to be all about action items and how we in, in really get down to the details of you know how we can get into this business and also what to look out for as we are starting to dive into this business. So without further ado, welcome back, Mike. Hey, Tate. Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Yeah. It's been too bad of a first episode. Oh, I thought it was a great episode. <laughs> well, first, right off the bat, I'd love to ask, I mean, you started off in single family homes and then went over to apartments. Do you think that you needed to go the single family home route first before you jumped into apartments? I do not. Knowing what I know today, if I would have known that back then, I probably would have went right into the apartment business. At least from the brokerage side, right? And had gone to work for a commercial broker rather than residential. There's that difference between business to customer or business to business. You know, it's sometimes it's easier business to business. But so, no, the short answer is no, I don't think that you do. Matter of fact, I teach people that if you're just coming in as a new real estate investor, that the economies of scale with multifamily really benefit you a lot more especially if you are buying your first investment property that you know it's it, it can become painful if you own a single family house nobody lives there and you have to pay the mortgage every month where if you own a multifamily and you have one tenant that doesn't live there you still have money coming in and can pay the mortgage right right so so that makes a big difference from the economies of scale also yeah no economies of scale is huge i always talk about it like it's it's almost like costco right like everyone you buy in bulk and <laughs> the more you buy the price per unit goes per individual item goes goes down. You can share that cost accordingly. But okay, no, that's that is good to know. Now, you know, something I want to dive into and and I is is actually your ebook. And, and I feel like this is a, a huge point on your ends from your story into creating this exit plan. And for somebody that is newer to the game, whether they have family or not. I mean, family, <laughs> whether they have capital, um, whether they have a lot of capital or not, what's, what are some of the metrics that people should look into when thinking about their exit plan and what's their thought, pro- what, like, what is their initial thought process when, when approaching an exit plan? So here's what's interesting. You know, people have said, hey, how did you come up with that name? And, and the reason I did was because over the years, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on coaching and training and books and tapes. And great trainers, great seminars, you know, but I always left feeling like I was missing something. And, and people always teach us how to find a deal, how to buy a deal, how to get in a deal, how to run a deal. Nobody ever teaches us how to get out. 
And I think that you need to know how to get out of a deal. And, and exiting doesn't always mean that you sell out and you give up control. There's other ways to exit. You can recapitalize, you can bring a partner in. There's a number of different ways that you can do things. So I, I believe that your exit plan needs to be built before you ever get to the closing table on the purchase side, because that's what's going to help you operate the deal. You know, here's what, here's something that's kind of interesting. I read a book recently uh, by a really famous author, somebody you'd know if I mentioned his name, 379 pages. I got to page 370 in the book, and there's this little eight-line paragraph. And it's in bold print, it says, this brings us to the exit plan. I thought, now 379 or 370 pages in? And then I, and then he goes on to say, after all your hard work, it's time to capitalize on your profit. Well, shouldn't you have known that before you got to closing? Shouldn't you have known that before you ever start the deal? That's how I look at it. So I think that there's planning along the way. There's traps along the way. You're laughing. You read this book, didn't you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I've read the, the same book. It's pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big guy too. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, in I, I mean, you know, diving into this industry, everybody's always talking about like how you're finding these deals and how you buy these deals, but nobody really talks about how you operate and exit the deal, which can right. most definitely hurt you. So the fact that you're educating your students and, uh, clients about this, I, th I think is extremely powerful and impactful. Yeah. You got to have a plan, right? I mean, if, if you're going to, if you're going to drive from your house to my house, how are you going to get there? Unless you pull a map out because it's not just like we're going around the corner, right? right. Uh, you got to pull a map out and figure out your way through the mountains and past the lakes. And, you know, to my house, it's the same thing in a, in a multifamily deal or any investment deal for that matter, real estate investment. You know, I think there's things you need to look at early on. There's things you need to plan for. And all of that takes you in the direction of the exit plan. So that needs to be your final goal, the final piece, because that's where you make your profit. You know, it's said in real estate that we make our profit when we go in the deal. And that's true. We do based on how you buy the deal and the terms and the deal. But you don't realize it till you get out. It's not like you buy the deal and get a profit. You got to get out to get your profit. So here, here's one of the things I look at, right? Is when I evaluate a deal, I, I do a 10-year run. And somewhere in that 10 years, there's a profit point. Could be six years, could be seven, could be eight. But somewhere in that 10 years is your most profitable point. Why not do something? Why not create a financial event at that point and pull your capital out? Bring a partner in, do something different, and, and then run the deal again. Right? You know, that's something interesting because I I never really thought about it, sort of like expanding it to like, because usually people talk like five to seven years, but even I guess like expanding it to 10 years, you can definitely see where your most profit is depending. Well, I guess it depending on, on the business plan, your strategy when you go into it, if right. it's going to be a heavy lift or if it's going to be you know, a nice little slow rehab throughout the years. Um, but no, that's, that's fascinating. Hmm, interesting. Now, it, you know, I'm wondering if, cause like for, for my audience, you know, I, I feel like there's definitely a mix of people that know how some of these deals are operating and, and exiting. And then also there's ones that have zero idea. Maybe they're just thinking about some like these cosmetic issues and then 
they think they, oh, just bump up the rents and then you increase your NOI, that's it, right? Nick, do you have any like specific examples we can go off of or maybe one that you're currently, uh, that we can talk about in terms of like your your actual exit plan, just as like a, a framework or basis to, for my audience to to go off of? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, 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 I tell this story in my book too, but I bought a, a deal in Dallas, it was 187 units, I think. And I was trying to do my first institutional deal. And the insurance company that I was courting wouldn't pull the trigger. I couldn't get them over the finish line to close the deal. So I got really close to the closing date and I had to go out and raise private equity. So, you know, there's there's a couple of different ways in this business. You can bring equity or debt to, to the table and you could do it privately. You can do it through family offices. You can do it institutional money. And I was, you know, we had done a bunch of deals to this point, a lot of private money. Now we were doing some investor institutional money coming from an insurance company. So I couldn't get them over the finish line in this deal though. And and here's what it boiled down to. They just didn't trust me enough. They didn't have enough confidence in me enough. So I went and raised private equity at the 11th hour, closed this deal. And the guy from the insurance company said something interesting. He said, you did? Like he was surprised that I was going to go get it done. Right. Mm -hmm. But here's, what's interesting. He watched over the next few months, he showed up at the property and, you know, I'm in Chicago, the deals in Dallas. I didn't know he was going, my property manager would call me and say, Hey, you know, he was here again. (laughs) And you know, he tore the property. He'd call me and ask for reports. About eight months in, he saw our progress, saw that he could trust me a little more, said, Hey, I want to buy into that deal. We sold this was an exit for us. We sold out, uh, our, pulled our private investors out. They made money, put them in another deal, put him in that deal and ran that deal for another seven years. So what's interesting mm-hmm. is that you sometimes don't even know an exit's coming up, but just be aware, pay attention. I really believe from the beginning, though, you can plan these things. So it's based on where the population growth is going, where the job growth is going, the early traps, right? The income, the demographics. Can you turn a property? So if you have a property that's running like a C, but it's a B, it could be a B in a B class market. Can you turn them? Can you can write a pretty business plan, but if the execution's not good, you need to have good execution. It's just a pretty business plan with no uh, yeah. no actual meat on the bones. Right. <laughs> Um, so, uh, you know, you mentioned something to uh, the term early traps, like some, what are some of the early traps that you've seen and that you look out for? Well, I think there's six of them that you have to watch for, because you need to know if, if you don't pass these, you shouldn't even burn the calories on underwriting a deal. So what's the population growth, the job growth? Are they moving forward? Because if they're not moving forward, they're definitely moving backwards. Even if somebody says, well, they've been flat, they haven't been flat. They're moving backwards. The, the migration is not positive, right? You need positive migration, household income. What's the income? And here's why I want to know the income. Because if I have a rent that's a thousand a month and I want to move it to 1200, but my household average income in the area won't support that rent increase, I need to know that up front. See, because I have a I have a tenant standard or a rental standard that says my tenant needs to to earn three times the amount of rent. So if your rent is a thousand, your tenant needs to own through or earn three thousand a month mm, in order okay. to cover that rent. See that? Got it. Yeah. So 
this goes back to standards. What are your buying standards? What are your rental standards? What are your standards for operation? So you build these platforms and it all kind of ties together to these early traps, the demographics. You know, listen, I, I don't care who lives there. I just want to know who lives there. And I want to know that because can, do I have to retenant it and put a different demographic in there? Do I have to change the dynamics of that in order to increase my rent? What about the schools? You know, do I, you know, I, I need to know at least what the schools are like. How about the crime rate? What is the crime rate? And what type of crime goes on there? Every place has got crime, right? But is it just petty theft, car break-ins, or is somebody getting murdered? So I'd like to know what those things are, you know? And then one is economic development. Pick up the phone and call the economic and development department. Find out what the city's plan is five, 10, 20 years down the road. Every city's got a plan. Find out what they're doing. How does this property build into that plan? Because you might find, I'm going to buy this property. I'm going to run it for 10 years. Then I'm going to tear it down and build a new property. <laughs> you don't know, right? right. But, but understand the metrics and what's going on. Awesome. 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 Yeah. No, thank you just for that little, you know, short synopsis and, you know, also enlightening us with you know, a little bit of your exit plan too. And I'm sure you go way more into the details within the book. Uh, and, you know, if people want to reach out to you and find that book and want to know more and read more and learn more from you, how can they reach you? Sure. Thanks, uh, Taylor. I appreciate it. But they can uh, reach me at Mike at mycoreintentions.com. That's my website. And you can grab a copy of the book there at mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan, grab a free download for yourself, my gift to you and your listeners. And, you know, Hey, and anywhere on social media, like me and follow me and whatever else. <laughs> awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much, Mike, for, for coming on to the show. You know, I appreciate it. My audience appreciates it. And, you know, I can't wait to have further conversations and see where, uh, see the next steps in this journey for you. So that's awesome. Thank you again. And have thank you everyone for listening. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Multifamily Artist Podcast. If you got any value out of this episode, I'd greatly appreciate if you head over to iTunes, leave a rating and review the show, which will help more people receive that same value. If you're looking to connect and talk more about multifamily real estate, you can reach me at inrhythmmultifamily.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.